On this episode of Sessions, we're talking about the creative path and how people can go about defining their art and practice. Listen in as we dive into the topic with our guest, Alex Tan, photographer, co-founder of Mouthwash, and all-around creative spirit, and for his five thoughts on finding yourself as a creative. Welcome to Sessions by Matt Black, a podcast by and for the creative class focused on digging into the things that make brands and campaigns go from good to great. I'm Chelsea Matthews, and I am here today with Alex Tan, who is a really awesome creative and photographer uh, based here in Los Angeles, recently relocated from Chicago. Recently relocated, yeah. Chi-town. Chi-town. And we're really excited because, well, one, Alex is um, definitely very inspiring, even just from the pure Instagram feed perspective, but also contributed to Shapeshift Report. And I have to say, I was like, so dialed in on your perspective. I was like, yeah. <laughs> thanks. It was, uh, I, yeah, thanks for having me. It was super fun. Yeah. yeah. So you guys have to check that out, obviously. Shapeshiftreport.co. Shameless self-promotion. <laughs> um, okay. In true sessions format, we have to start with a few quick fire questions because we need to get to know you, Alex. Sounds good. What's the last book you read? Uh, the last book I read was called So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. Um, it was a, it was a really interesting perspective where he talks about like I felt like it kind of like spoke to me in a little bit where a lot of people try to pick careers based on pre existing passions so like a lot of people will be like oh I loved ice skating since I was like five so I must be like a professional ice skater but he kind of talks about like this upside down idea of like the things that we love in life are based on like things that we're good at things that are like rare and valuable and like autonomy so like having actual control and feeling as if the decisions and things that you're doing or making are actually having an impact. Um, so it kind of gave me a different perspective on like how I choose careers and that I'm not tied down to things that I thought I was tied down to like when I was like six years old or whatever. Interesting. So, yeah, it was really good. You what did you want to do? What were you like good at when you were six years old? I mean, all I did was play sports. Like really? all I did was play soccer. And yeah, and I think that was like one of his like biggest things was he was like, yeah, if you think about like 70% of like 17 year old kids in high school is like they either want to be artists or athletes and the fact of the matter is that they're just not good enough to do that and so um yeah I don't know I had really no idea and we'll kind of get that in, into that later when I cool. tell the story but. I love that I'll have to pick that one up <laughs> yeah it's good what is your go-to comfort food it was funny I was I was thinking about this and um I feel like every time I go out to breakfast like I cannot not order biscuits and gravy. Like I literally have to every if single time. If it's on time. the menu. If it's you're on gonna... the menu. Yeah. And like I feel like biscuits and gravy are like one of those things that like it's either really good or really bad. And like I'll take the risk every single time, which is like a true indicator that like, how do you, how do you feel about white gravy? Uh not it's not as good as sausage gravy. I'm sorry <laughs> for all the vegans in LA. Yeah. But <laughs> like um I, I love sausage gravy. Like it trumps everything. Totally. So um okay. Karaoke song. Uh, I feel as if karaoke songs are like ones that you like will never forget the lyrics to. And I think like it would be like, where's the love by Black Eyed Peas? Like totally. back when Justin Timberlake was around, you know, I remember like just blasting that in my car, like 
like when I was in high school or whatever. And I just like know every single lyric. So I feel like I would really kill it if For sure. that came on. I love that. So we just recently uh, had a bit of a karaoke session for Matt Black and 99 Red Balloons happened to be my go-to, which I never <laughs> would have thought. Yeah, that's awesome. I was like, it's definitely Spice Girls or Madonna or Britney. Right. But I went like totally left field. I loved it. <laughs> nice. Um, okay. So before we actually dive into the five things, the juicy goodness, let us hear about you. Okay. So the lowdown. The lowdown. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I grew up in a, a really small farm town called Asheville, Ohio, just south of Columbus, Ohio, um, in the Midwest. Um, and it was interesting because there was like 3,500 people that lived in this town. And like, we even had like drive your tractor to school day, like when you're in high school. Oh my gosh. And like, yeah, like it was, I was the only person of like Asian descent besides people who were like adopted. So I grew up kind of feeling like a little bit misunderstood and like out of place always, um, which is really interesting. And I also grew up in a house where like my dad is like a chemical engineer and my mom like stayed at home and homeschooled us growing up. So like art and creativity to me was not anything that was like something that I could actually pursue because I was just taught that like, oh, if you go get an art degree, like you'll work at a restaurant or like Starbucks for the rest of your life. And like, you don't want that, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. But like, that's what I truly believed about artistry until I was like 19. Um, which is really interesting. So uh, I also said earlier, it's like I played competitive soccer. So like all I did was play sports um, growing up and I got recruited to go play um, soccer in college. And when I got there, I decided like I was kind of burnt out on it. I decided I didn't want to play anymore. Um, and so I, I got to school and I was studying accounting because like that's what my dad wanted me to wow. study. Like I literally had no, like it was, for me, it was like school was taught to me as like this thing that you just like go and like, go wherever like the cheapest is going to be and what's going to be the greatest return. So it was all about like return on dollar value. Like that's all I was, that was all that was in my mind. So I get to school and decided I wasn't going to play soccer. And so for, like the first semester of my freshman year, I was like not working on a craft or a skill or something I can get better at. There was nothing like in my life that I was like really growing at or like doing. Um, and so I started, while I was sitting in my accounting classes, I would just, I just like hated it. So I would just like watch the clock go down and then to keep myself sane, I would like, run around the entire city and just like take iPhone photos of anything and everything, whether it was like the local cafe, whether it was like my friends against like interesting walls, like back in the OG Instagram days, totally. <laughs> like all the way back like in the flat lays were something right, totally flat new. Lays, like flat lays were totally like in. And what was interesting because I like got into my sophomore year of college and I was like meeting people on Instagram, like just like sending people messages and being like, hey, like oh, I just want to hang out or whatever. And I was still in accounting classes. I was also poor like in college. So I started pitching ideas to like local restaurants i would like literally walk up and down high street in columbus and like introduce myself to manager every every like every other week and just be like hey like i have this idea where we can like tell better stories through like better visual content on like instagram so when i was in college i started like creating social visual content for as many local restaurants as i could and just to make some extra cash um so i did that for like two years my freshman and sophomore year of college and between my sophomore and junior year of college, I got asked to move to Chicago to, um, by a friend who was like, hey, like, I've been, like, watching your work and, like, really growing. Like, I'd love for you to just like, be in the city for a couple of months. Um, so I moved there um, in June. And my plan was to only be there for, like, two months and just intern with him. We were, like, doing uh, video sets, like, Crate and Barrel, CB2, Land of Nod. And it was like, wow. yeah, it was like, it was just, like, a game changer for me. And we, he was like, hey, I'm going to, like, pay you a good enough day rate to where you can we're only going to work like three or four days in the month and you're only going to be here for two months. So you have 25 days for each month for two months to like decide who you're going to be. 
Um, so I kind of took that to heart and I started like emailing everybody I could in the entire city and just like asking like, hey, will you pay me to do this work? Yada, yada, yada. Um, and after all the no's or no responses, uh, I finally got one from this like ramen noodle restaurant. Um, I did some work with them and then I did another round with them and and it was just like extra cash. I didn't think anything of it. But it was a week before I was about to move back to Ohio and go into my junior year of school. And they called me and they were like, hey, um, the restaurant you've actually been shooting for is managed by like a, a, an agency where we work in like the hospitality business. And like, we really love your work. And like, we want to offer you like a full-time job as like a content creator. Wow. Yeah. And so, and mind you, like I, I like didn't own a camera. I was like shooting everything on my iPhone 5S. Like I just didn't, I like wasn't really like technically educated, I guess. I was just doing my best because I needed the money and like I just knew I could do it. Um, so I said yes, and I took that job, and uh, I worked there for ten months called Idea Booth. It was a really great agency. I learned a lot, and then, pre- like previously, the past six months in June, I got recruited for an agency out here in LA, um, and I worked there as like a content creator and art director there now. So, cool. Yeah. Is food was food just kind of like an initial passion because you personally are kind of drawn to food, or what? What was that kind of lineage? I think it was it was easy for me. I had like a friend that was. I had a friend that like worked with the guy who started Popular Pays and he uh, like that was like what they did and they like did totally. it all and he taught me like all the little secrets like desaturating the white plates and like getting the right window light and like all this little stuff. So it was just it was just that I was good at it. Like I don't mm-hmm. take photos of food anymore because I burned myself out on it, but right. it was just because I knew how to do it. I knew I could make money and people like saw it as valuable. So. And what would you say your technical skills for photography are now? Uh, better. And I think I'm, I'm still learning. Like I, I finally have like a grip and understand. I remember like when I first picked up a camera, like I didn't even know what like shutter speed was or like aperture. Cause like the iPhone just did it all for me. Um, but one of my biggest goals is to like really learn how to like manipulate light and like control like artificial lighting. And like, I've really focused on that for the past year. And I think like I have a, like a lot grander understanding of it. Yeah. Cause your photography is very, um, it's very rich in color. Yeah. Yeah. I think for that, it's like, I see a lot of people, I think it's like trendy right now to like do desaturated type photos. And I think they're cool and I think they look great. But one of my biggest things is always like, how do I do things well that not very many people can do well? Um, And that's like kind of my shtick right now. And hopefully that changes, but. That's so cool. (laughs) Thanks. So how do you kind of like personally stay inspired and, and motivated? I know, you know, in general, it's, it's tough with content creation. There's a lot of people out there doing content creation, but there's also like an endless amount of opportunity for it too. It's like kind of never going to slow down or at least I hope it doesn't. Um, But how do you, how do you continue to feel like motivated by it? I think the the best way to continue to feel motivated in whatever you do is to not study or look in the space that you already exist in. So like, for example, like I would get really burnt out or like, tired of comparing myself to other content creators or like content that was in right now. Um, so what I started to do is like look at other um, areas of studies. So like if I wanted my photos to be richer and stronger in emotion, I would watch movies or I would listen to like certain types of music that like made me feel a certain way. Um, and so I think like just studying spaces that it don't exist in the industry that you're already in or not even the industry, but like the area that you already work in is like one of the best ways to stay inspired um, there's just like a, it's just really easy to kind of get down on yourself. Like I look at other people's work and I'm just like, oh, I'll never be this good. But if I look at like a book or like something else, I'm like, this is making me think differently about the way I view my own art. So I mm-hmm. think that's the best way to like step away from the area that you're like so consumed in and like look somewhere else. Yeah. And I think that that's like a very common thing 
in any sector is to try not to get sideswiped by looking at your quote unquote competition and just like keep looking ahead at what, what you see is like your vision. Totally. That's really relevant. Um, amazing. So let's kind of dive into your five things. I I really wanted to kind of chat with you about this process of like finding yourself as a creative. Mm -hmm. And I think this kind of marries in well to even what you just said. It's, it's really challenging sometimes as a creative to even like define you know, what your role in that is. There's so many creatives out there. There's so many different realms within creative industry you could go into. What have you done to really hone in on your perspective, your point of view, and like your stance Mm -hmm. in the creative field? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's like one of the big, I think I like sometimes I stay up at like late at night and like say my bed feels like I'm having like existential crisis. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know who I am. Like, you know, um, but I think it's important to remind yourself that like not to take yourself so seriously, I guess, in that way. And like, these are like kind of things that I do to try to help identify myself and affirm myself and like who I am and what I do. And I think one of like the most important things is like the ability to to develop and never stop developing your taste. So like what I mean by that is like, always looking um, and aspiring to like develop a palette of things you're like always drawing from. And and I think a lot of people confuse like inspiration with like, I'm really inspired by this. I'm just going to go remake the same exact thing. And like, that's not inspiration. I think that's like stealing. Like I don't, and I think that's like a really big like confusion right now. Um, There's a book. Um, we all actually read it. It's called Steal Like an Artist. One of my favorites. Yeah, so which good. I think is very relevant to that point. Totally. And is a much bigger conversation, but is, you know, look, in the fields that we both work in, day in, day out, you're looking at other people's work as a source of inspiration for, you know, concepts and treatments and and things like that. But it's always about, like, how do you extract the you out of that? Right. But yeah. interesting. Developing taste is massive. Developing taste, I think it's just important to like take elements of things that you really enjoy and ask yourself why. Like, why do I enjoy this? Like, it's not because, is it because like it has attention? Like, do you just want to make things that already are earning attention? Or do you want to like make things because it makes you feel a certain way? And I think it's important to just like ask yourself those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think another thing is too, is to like experiment. I think it's really easy for um, creators and artists to like kind of hit it big or like be known for something and then they don't know how to make anything else. And uh, Chelsea, you and I both know this from the advertising industry is that clients only want things that worked three years ago, you mm-hmm. know, and you're just like, <laughs> you don't like, I, you're over here laughing because you know like how relevant that is. Um, but I think as an artist, I think something that continues to keep us fresh is to like try new things. Like the world is your playground. You can do whatever you want. Like, like your life is not on the line if you like make something that you've never made before and it doesn't like, do as well or earn the attention that you're used to getting like that is like what kind of separates people who are truly creative and people who just want to keep like hitting the nail on the head over and over and over again um so i think experimenting is like huge um i think another thing is also even when you do experiment i think it's okay like i see a lot of people who like try to experiment and like it just doesn't feel right or they say like it just doesn't feel right and i think it's really important to just like trust your intuition and do what feels right i guess in a way so it's like trust yourself like even if you're doing something you've never done before, just like trust that your taste, all the things that you've been developing for taste over time to like your abilities in the past can like make something new that is good because you think it's good and trust that like other people will see it as good as well. Um, I think that's like a really important way to like identify yourself as a creative. Cool. And um, 
I think this is another way to like not confuse yourself is to like show the work that you want to make and always like push into the kind of work that you want to be hired to do in the future. Um, I think I have like friends who I've talked to in the past who have been like, man, like all I really want to do is shoot like fashion or like brand work, but I just keep getting hired for weddings. And I'm, I'm like, well, why? And they're just like, well, they just go to my website and they see my wedding work. And I'm like, well, then take it down, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, and like, if you love weddings, then, you know, or the opposite, you know, whatever it is. But I think it's just important to like not... Like if you, it's easy for photography or like any other art form to become a chore when you're doing things that you don't want to do. So it's like, you're just getting paid to like labor essentially. Um, So don't confuse yourself or like distrust yourself by like showing work that you don't want to get paid to do in the future. Totally. Or even like, and I I 100% agree with that because Mm -hmm. there is no, okay, there are very few creatives out there who only produce the kind of work that they want to produce, especially if they're in the client-facing space. It's just inevitable. Like everyone is doing work that they wouldn't necessarily put their name on, Mm. and that's okay. We all have bills to pay. Mm -hmm. We're all doing these things so we can do other things that are fulfilling. But 100%, I mean, in terms of positioning yourself, like you got to own that. And if you're doing like 20 wedding jobs a month, Mm -hmm save a Sunday or even like a Wednesday to like throw into doing a shoot that you want to do, totally just agree. throw it up on your site. Yeah. Like totally. Create your own case study, I guess. Yeah, totally. Agree. I think there's, if there's one thing that I've learned from just talking to people who are successful, they're like, yeah, I've done crazy amounts of work that I've never wanted to do in order to get to the place where I actually got to do the work that I wanted to do and was proud of and can show it. Um, so, but yeah. Um, I think another one, the last one is to like not compare yourself to other people. I think like when we put our work out there, it's good to have like affirmation and like is good in a certain amount of measurement where it's like, I am getting better. Like more people like are paying me to like do the work that I love. Like I'm, people want to meet me. Like I think those are all good things, but I think it's really dangerous to kind of like compare yourself and like destroy what you believe about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the easiest way to do it is to look at somebody else's work who is like getting the attention that you kind of want or whatever and just be like, oh, maybe I'm just not that good at this. Um, so I think like it's good to share your work and like good to put it in a public space, but don't get to the point where you're comparing it so much. Totally. And what would you say has been your process? Would you say that like your Instagram feed is where you use that as an outlet to share your work and you really like leverage that as a platform to connect with people and interact or like how are you getting in front of potential people that you want to work with yeah I think uh I think at first especially because I didn't know any different was like that was like my space like that was like what I knew it was you know what I could master um really easily and I still share work on Instagram but I'm definitely not nearly as invested into it as I was like three years ago um, but I think it's important to like just package work and just send it to people and just like mm. put it like put it in a deck and be like, hey, like I see this is the problem I see and here's like the creative that I've made that I think could solve this issue uh, in the future. Um, so even just like that really direct like personal relationship is even better than trying to like hope that putting your work out in a public space and somebody will notice it will get like earn that attention. Um, and I think that works. But yeah, I think it's good to like cross facilitate content too so like i put a lot of my work on twitter and i put a lot of my work on like tumblr and just just put it everywhere and like you know you just never know whose eyes are going to come across it totally so that's super awesome that's so much good insight i do really think you know a, a kind of valid extracting point from that is you know don't wait for this stuff to come to you mm. like yes instagram has been for many years a great place of discovery but it's truly becoming more challenging because of the algorithm and 
a number of other things. It's just much more saturated. So your approach of like, you know, identifying who you could actually create a difference for Mm -hmm. and reaching out to them is like so smart. Even if only a third of those people even respond to your email and like a 16th of them actually lock in a deal, like that's still great. Yeah. I think one of the, I think an idea I've been kind of like obsessed with going into 2018 is that like for so long I was creating things and hoping people would buy from me based on the idea that things look nice when really like the whole basis of creativity is to solve an issue or solve a problem. Um, so before I was like trying to create an Instagram feed and it, like look nice and hope that people would like hire me for that. But really it's like, what's the issue at hand and like where can creative like fill that gap? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as my approach to that is changing the way I like facilitate my work changes as well. Totally. So. And then, you know, one kind of final question tied to your work. You recently started a media platform called Mouthwash. Sure, yeah. Talk to me about that. So, yeah, Mouthwash, it's funny because we have kind of, like, wanted to keep Mouthwash as, like, we want people to, like, not really know what it is and be curious enough to go, like, figure it out. And it's working, but it's also, like, maybe people should actually know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mouthwash is like a group of me and my three other friends. I have a friend who is like a director of content at an agency down in San Diego. I have another friend who is like a graphic designer and art director in Chicago at an agency and another friend who is a photographer and art director at another agency in Chicago as well. So the forest kind of came together and we were like, hey, we want to like make things that we're proud of outside of like our nine to five jobs, but we want to do it together and we want to like brand it. Um, but we don't want to limit ourselves to like whatever we're doing. So let's just do what feels right in the moment. So right now, Mouthwash exists as like a podcast uh, about people in the creative industry. Like our tagline is like a breath of fresh air when you need it most. So it's like, how do we relate to people who are kind of like going through the same struggle in the creative industry and like tell people's stories through their journeys? Um, we're also creating a printed publication that gets released in March, hopefully, of this year. Uh, we teamed up with like a bunch of different artists who's we've like really respected their work and we kind of gave them a challenge of like photograph an essay that shows this idea of obsession. Um, So whether it's like, I think somebody uh, photographed uh, like a bunch of hands like grabbing onto like this like sheet or like this curtain. And so like, how would we illustrate that idea of obsession? And then we teamed up with like writers to show like, what does obsession mean to you? But really the whole basis is like, why do you get out of bed every morning and do what you do? Like, why are you in the studio till 4 a.m. doing that? Like nobody in the right mind would be doing that. So we kind of want to like really tell that story. Um, we have a lot of like other plans in the future to like make things too, but really like our goal isn't to make money. Our goal is not to like, and if the money comes, it's great. But our goal is to really just like make things that we're proud of with our friends. That's yeah. all we want to do. Have an outlet. Totally. I guarantee you the money will come. <laughs> all right. So my my final question for you is if you had the opportunity to pursue any other career and money wasn't a part of the equation, mm. what would you do? I was having this conversation with my friend uh, a few weeks ago because I think like all my friends in the creative industry, like we like ask each other this all the time because like this is all we ever talk about and I was like you know I think like when I'm like 50 or something I want to like live in central California and like build my own house and like make things with my hands and like be proud of it because so much of my work is like trapped behind a screen and like it's just I've gotten to the point where I'm like man I want to like make something and be proud of it so I think I would like design furniture or like design homes or something like that and live in it and be proud of it that's awesome yeah so I love that I think at one point, I've answered a, that same question a similar way. So nice. I'm with you. So you obviously have to plug where people can find you. Share your social handles for yourself, for mouthwash. Yeah. Um, okay. This might be a little extensive, but um, 
I, I go by uh, the username J Alexander Tan. Um, most people don't know this. My first name is James, and like Alex Tan is like the most popular name in the world, so I could never find a social handle that fit. <laughs> so it's just the letter J and then Alexander Tan, T-A-N. Um, my website is jalexandertan.co. Um, on my website, you can find more information about like mouthwash and like kind of what we're doing. Um, you can find all the social handles there. I also recently in 2018 started this um, email newsletter, like a personal email newsletter called One Over 100. Um, the idea is to like kind of write about the daily experiences that I have and like the approach that I think when we focus on 1% over 100%, then we achieve 100% faster than people who are only focusing on 100%, which is deep. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, I'm just like thinking about it. I it's love like, it. I think like a lot of times we like go to bed at night. We're like, tomorrow I'm going to be this person when really they're not thinking about like tomorrow I'm going to send this email. So hopefully that gives me that step to be that next person. So it's kind of like, how do I share the situations that, how do I share the experiences, the experiences that both you and I share as a reader and a writer, how is like my approach different than yours and just kind of giving insight to that. Um, but you can subscribe to that newsletter on my website as well. Um, so but, do you yeah. enjoy to write? Love writing. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Actually, I've been um, like a freelance ghostwriter for the past two years. So like, cool. yeah, I've like been writing and pretending to be other people because I've always been like self-conscious about my own writing, but I'm like really trying to like, That's awesome. like publish it myself now. So, That's so cool. Yeah. Well, James, yeah. it's lovely to have you. You secretive. Right. Um, Alex, thank you so much for your time, your yeah. insight. I really appreciate your brain. I like the way you think. Oh, thanks, um, Chelsea. So many great nuggets in there. So obviously, um, to all of our listeners, be sure to check out um, all of Alex's endeavors, as well as our own, shapeshiftreport.co, at shapeshiftreport on all socials. And we will see you, not see you, talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.